We are excited. Okay, thank you, Sunaba. You know, we're, 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 we're talking about following Jesus. Uh-huh. And we, we learned a lot of things about following Jesus. But what does it look like to follow Jesus? Who can tell me which fan base is this? Kentucky. They don't even wear shirts. They just wear paint. See if you can guess who who they follow. Who does that guy follow? Brazil Brazil soccer fan. We know it by what they wear. This is their follower. What about that? We know who those guys are. They love to put that sticker on their car. Wear the shirt. I can afford a Mac. You can't. I don't even know half the things a Mac can do, but I have one. Those, you know, you know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. Who is a fan? Who's this fan? Oh, who can tell me that one? That's the Buddhist. Look at their children's ministry. Very organized. Very organized children's ministry. We know them by what they wear. How about this one? Who can tell me that one? Someone said the 49ers. That is actually a religion that, that is called the Sikh religion. S-I-K-H. And they do not cut their hair. That's why they wear the turban. So as soon as they commit to it, they just don't cut their hair. And all their hair is wrapped up. In fact, I grew up in my neighborhood, and my neighbor was Sikh. And when he moved out, I said, I know there's a dagger in this house. Because all the Sikhs wear the turban, and they carry a personal dagger. But in America, you can't do that. You can't carry like a 12-inch blade hanging out, you know. So when he moved out, I went into his garage, and then I found it in the, in the attic of his garage, and there was the dagger. I'm like, yes, I knew it. I knew it. And then I called him and gave it back to him, of course. Um, that's the Sikh religion. That's how you know them. These are handsome guys. They make that turban look good, don't they? Handsome guys. How about these guys? By what they wear? Amish? They're Jewish. And they, they see the little hat in the background? They have this little hat? You know them by what they wear, right? How about that guy? Okay, there are two extremes. There are, I'm going to share with you two extremes of Christianity. Here's one. John 3.16, God loves you. That's what they wear. You see them at football games, signs, rainbow hat. Then you also see this, this kind. The other extreme. God hates you. You're going to hell. I saw that when I was in the campus ministry. They came to, not this, not this group, but another came to, would come to my college and would hold up large signs saying, God hates you because of your sin. And I would appeal to them saying, that's not helping people. But that's the extreme Christian view. And there's the other extreme. And we can always tell them by what they wear. And my point of my lesson this morning is don't dress like a Christian. Dress like a follower. Believe it or not, Paul took his cue from Jesus' teaching. And Paul shows up on the scene in, in, in Christian history as someone who hated the Christians. As someone who arrested them, drug them out of their homes, and put them in jail. And then he became one. And if you want to read that story for your quiet time, read Acts chapter, in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 26, you can read about him and his story. He admitted that he actually hunted Christians. He was known as Saul of Tarsus. 
the Christian slayer. I made that last part up. Let, let me explain this to you. Because there are a set of standards on how we behave. There is a standard on how we are known by the public and how we are known by what we wear. And the scripture I'm going to share with you in the context is where Judas goes off to betray Jesus. The end is near. And he only has a few more lessons to give with the guys who are going to carry out this, miss, this mission. And he, and he just told them that he's, going to, he's leaving and where he go, he's going, they cannot follow him. And so Jesus tells them this in John 13, verse 34. His apostles, he says to them, A new command I give you. New meaning new. New meaning unused. New meaning strange. New meaning remarkable. What is it? Love one another. In other words, ascribe so much value to each other that you wouldn't think of doing harm to someone. Ascribe so much value to the relationship, you wouldn't think of doing harm. Love one another. And then he jacks up the standard after that. He says, as I have loved you, so you must love one another. Can you imagine hearing that? This is Jesus telling Matthew, Matthew, do you remember when you were a despicable tax collector? Remember how I treated you? I came to your house, we had dinner together, we hung out, when when everyone hated you? Nathaniel, remember when the day we met? Let me see, your exact words were, can anything good come out of Nazareth? You dissed my entire family. But then I invited you. What about in John 6? Remember that time where every one of you guys were going to leave me? But did I leave you? No. That's the kind of love. Is that a big deal? To love each other? Yes, it is. It's a huge deal. Here's why it's such a big deal to love each other. Here's why he says it. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples. You're my followers. If you love one another. You see, if you decide to follow me, Jesus, the public evidence of that will not be how you relate to me, how you talk to me, how you worship me, whether you stand up and clap or put your hands in the air. The evidence of your decision to follow Jesus will be proven in the way that you treat one another. That's the public proof that you follow Jesus. That's your follow where. It's not necessarily a rainbow hat. It's your follow where. But here's the problem. Here's the question. How are you treating one another? Because the more religious you get, the more you, you care less about how you treat someone else. All you care about when you're religious is how you and God are doing. That's a sign that you've entered the religion zone. The religious person zone. Oh, it's just me and God, me and God, and then it doesn't really matter how I treat anybody else. 
as long as me and God, as long as I'm reading my Bible, as long as I'm praying, as long as I'm going to church, it's all about me and God, and this doesn't really have an impact in my life. Because the gravitational pull of religion is toward keeping the rules versus building a relationship. And following Jesus is about building a relationship with God and also building a relationship with each other. And religion gravitates toward personal, private devotion, which leads to routines and rituals. That's where it goes. Because we can control it. It doesn't matter how I treat you. It just matters that I'm just following my religious routines and rituals. And that's where the religious people fail to see this scripture. The public evidence is how we treat each other so everyone will know that you're my disciples. You know, I got to go to an Oxnard Welcome Back party for Henry and Michelle uh, last Friday. It was a party. <laughs> All kinds of food. It's like 25, 30 people there. It was amazing. All the babies were being held, not by their mother. <laughs> babies were being held in shifts. Here you go, here you go, here you go. Hey-o. It was amazing. Food was incredible. Someone brought Marie calendars. <laughs> Banana cream pie. <laughs> I haven't had Marie calendars in about, I don't know, a year and a half. And when I saw that, you know, it's a tractor beam. And I started thinking, I've worked out really hard this week. I've done all the right things. Had protein base, less carbs, went to the gym four times. Did I ran? Yeah, I, I deserve this one. So I, I, I had a slice. And after I was done, I was like, you know, I worked really, really hard. Really, really hard. And then I justify having another. And then that morning, I woke up going like, whoa. That was a little too much. Got carried away. But it was such a good time celebrating Henry and Michelle, celebrating with the, with, the, with, the, with the house church. I mean, it was incredible. Private conversations the stairs. Everyone's just kind of, you know, you had, you had grown ups playing, playing games with the kids. It was amazing. And when you walk in, you're going, wow, this is what it should look like. And, and there, were, there was a guest there going, you know, who's your minister? And, 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 and the sister goes, him over there. And she's like, what? And that was me. I was like, da 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 So Paul, about 20 years after this, you know, because Paul gleans from the teachings of Jesus. And so 20 years later, you know, he's writing to a church that's in Asia Minor. It's a church in Colossae, and it's a letter of Colossians in your Bible. And they had changed their lives. They, they started following Jesus over there. You know, they, two brothers went over there, planted the church, and family members became Christians, and people became Christians, and they had questions like, hey, now that we changed our lives, what should we wear? What should we look like? So people will know us. And so Paul gives them an answer. In Colossians chapter 3, he says this to them. Therefore, as God's chosen people, because you know, they made this life change, dearly loved, he says, clothe yourselves with compassion. Literally, literally, that means bowels of compassion. Bowels of compassion. 
what literally it means. In our world, it translates with a heart of compassion. But really, it's a gut-felt compassion. You know when you see something that's so terrible, you, you have this almost moaning feeling inside, going, oh man, i got to help. That's the compassion. Gut-felt. Imagine telling your mom, Mom, I love you with all my bowels. That's what it's coming from that. It's, it's deep. It's bowels of compassion. Because followers of Jesus are, are to be recognized by what they wear. Are you a compassionate person? Do you wear compassion when you get up? Compassion on your spouse sometimes. Maybe they've had a difficult week. Compassion on your children. Maybe they're stressed out about life too. Sometimes I underestimate their, their stress. I got stressed. I went to school and I had, you know, we started telling them the crazy stories. But they're stressed too. He says, clothe yourself with compassion. Bowels of compassion. He also says, clothe yourself with kindness. That means loaning your strength, loaning yourself to someone else. You know, it's when someone moves, they move in, you loan of yourself to help them unload the boxes. You're loaning yourself. You're being kind. Or you go feed the poor. Get your backpack ready. You know, I got a backpack in my car ready. I'm ready to roll. This is more Park guy I want to give it to you. It's one guy in Park. I'm, and I'm driving through my neighborhood and I, I don't know where that guy hides. Because I'm checking all the corners. I'm driving through places and just checking. And I can't find him. But my backpack is ready. I filled it with medical supplies. With socks. With brand new shoes. Um, I gave him my personal hiking backpack because I was going to give him my smaller, unused blue backpack. But you know what, what God usually does to me when, when I have an extra thing that's really you know inconvenient, I can just give it away. No big deal. I can't find the blue backpack. I'm like looking all over. Where's I know I have it. Where's my blue backpack? God has hidden it from me. So I'm not going to buy a new one. I said I looked at I looked at mine up there going. That's my, that's, my, that's my sweet backpack up there. It's my green one. It can hold, it's extra large. It can, hold a, it can hold like three or four water bottles. I mean, it's awesome. It's for long-term camping. So I felt God's where God was leading me. So I grabbed it, went to CVS, went shopping, filled it up, and it's ready to give. It's ready to give, and I'm excited about it. Now I just got to find them. That's the kindness, loaning of yourself. Sometimes what gets in the way of kindness is your weariness. You know it's a kind thing to show up to house church? It's actually kind because when you don't come, it's like, oh man, I wish like, there's, there's hardly anyone to loan yourself to if no one's there. It's a kind act to do. How about humility? You know, viewing yourself correctly. It's a tricky thing, huh? Because in many ways you think, I'm a pretty humble person. That's what. That's number one. Step one, you just went wrong. When you start saying, I'm a pretty humble person, that's when you realize you need someone to help you. A correct view of yourself in your relationship to God and your relationship to man. You know, people are attracted to humility. If you find yourself being alone and a lonely person, you probably are not putting on this kind of clothing. Because people, when, you, when you're around someone humble, you're going, I like this person. They're very humble. And you like to spend time with them. You like to talk to them. You want to engage them. You want to see them. You're happy to see them. If you find yourself on an island, 
you might not be wearing these clothes. You might be wearing something else. How about gentleness? Taking into consideration their strength rather than responding with your strength. Like, oh, why doesn't he do that? It's the no-brainer. It's super easy. This is, bro, I'm going to go there and help you out with my strength. That's not gentleness. It's evaluating what their strength is and helping them get stronger. Where are they at? Taking in consideration what they're strong in. In other words, it's like a side-by-side gentleness. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work with you, side-by-side. Side. That's the gentleness. That's clothing that Paul's saying, put that on. That's follow wear of Jesus. And then patience. You know what this word means? I've said it many times, but for the new people, it means long-suffering. That means you will suffer for a long time. That means, you know, you're going to be dealing with the same character for a long, long, long time. Long-suffering. You know when you feel, you look toward your husband and say, I'm losing my patience. And he'll say, have you felt long-suffering? No, just today. Well, you may have to extend that. Long-suffering. With your children. With your kids. Long-suffering. Are you patient? Are you patient with each other? Because these are the clothes that we should be wearing. Not the crazy rainbow hat and not the crazy signs. This is so all men will know that you are my disciples. And bear with each other. Slow your pace to match theirs. I'm not used to doing that. I'm used I'm I'm to identifying that you're not as fast or not as good as I am. Like, I'm over here, you're over there. You need to catch up. Or, you know, sometimes what he's saying to me is I need to slow down my pace. It's kind of like going jogging with a friend. You realize after the first mile, he's never jogged before. And you jog regularly. And he's struggling. And sometimes your friend will be like, no, go on without me. Go ahead of me. Please take off. They leave me here to die. He doesn't really want you to leave him. He doesn't really want you to leave him, but he's just saying that because he doesn't want to hold you up. And this is the kind of bear with us. You slow down your pace to their pace. Bearing with each other. And forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgiveness is follower. Being able to forgive people and not hold resentment and not hold bitterness in your hearts, but to forgive. Forgive how? As the Lord forgave you. You know, every morning you wake up and you go to God, there's some sort of thing you're asking God, but you're, you're, one of the things you're saying to God is, please forgive me of my sins. If that's not part of your daily prayer, it should be. Yeah. And that's the same mindset as, as how we forgive our brothers, we forgive our sisters, we forgive our children, we forgive our co-workers yeah. for stealing our great ideas. We forgive them for being disorganized and not have a clue what's going on in the company. We're going to forgive you. Because I'm a, I'm a Christian. And this is the gear that I wear. I wear the gear called forgiveness. It's my follow wear. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them together 
in perfect unity. It's the bond of perfection through unity. It's the love. You, you can do a lot of things, but if you're not loving, it falls on deaf ears. You can, you can be a truth teller, but without being loving, you won't get the results you're looking for. Amen. Sometimes we like to tell the truth, which is good, but you've got to wrap truth with love. Yeah. A whole lot of love. So here's the follower that Jesus... Talks about in John 13. Paul gives the practicals in Colossians. He says, again, clothe yourselves. Compassion. Kindness. Humility. Gentleness. Patience. Forgiveness. Love. Because followers of Jesus are to be recognizable by what they wear. And these are the clothes that Paul says to wear. Clothes are a time they feel unnatural. Mm-hmm. But we have to put them on. And we wear them. Because you may say, well that isn't natural for me. But it's the clothes we should wear. Amen. Because what hangs in the balance is people's view of us and, and their understanding of, are they followers of Jesus? Because the world will recognize us by the clothes we wear. But you may ask yourself, if I'm kind and compassionate and gentle, how is anything going to get done around here? You know, when I yell and I scream, people move, man. How am I going to, you know, we get home and like, and you know, you're mad at someone. When I'm mad at home, people jump. Right? When I'm at work, people are like, whoa, okay, let's get, let's get back to work. The boss is a little upset here. Let's get back to work. Then I have to remember that the guy who wrote this has done more and had more impact than I ever will as a person. He planted more churches. He wrote more spiritual things. He did so many amazing things. The guy that wrote this was Paul the Apostle. All the things that we read about, all these churches, that he, he was the guy doing it. And he did them with compassion, kindness, patience, forgiveness, and love. He got a lot done with those clothes on. Because our nature is, I want things to move and they better move now. But this kind of movement, this kind of clothing is so different from how we think. So to give you a comparison of what he accomplished is longer lasting. Because we're talking about it 2,000 years later. We're talking about what he did. So it can be done. This is not a lesson about abandoning your personality. Because you've got to put your personality in compassion. Right? Everyone's got a quirk to their personality. You don't deny it. Everyone does. You, no one's ever told you you're a quirk yet, but you got a quirk. Okay? I got a quirk. Everyone's got a quirk. With your own personality, you're humble. You're gentle. You're patient. You might view that, well, I'm not like them, but you're wearing the same clothes. That's the point. It's about putting on a new filter in which how you express yourself. This is the new filter. 
So in the morning, when you get up tomorrow, and you think about what are you going to wear, because that's what you think about in the morning. Some of you go to work in t-shirt and shorts, you're going, it's pretty basic. Some of you got actually got to put thought into it and dress up because you're in a different environment. But I want to encourage you to think about this. Think about these clothes. Put on, mentally, put on the stuff. This is what Jesus' followers wear. This is what they do. And it's not a natural thing to do. It's supernatural. That's what this is. Every time you decide to obey a scripture, you take the supernatural clothing on yourself. Because I tell you, when I'm out there, I'm in little volunteer organizations called AYSO. It's void of humility. People get so irritated by just one miscalculated word expressed, they leave. And they stop volunteering. Believe me, I was tempted to leave many times. I was deeply offended. But I had to forgive as the Lord forgave me. Because I want them to recognize my soccer skills. <laughs> and obviously, no one gave him the memo. Uh, so I was like, oh, do I need to send you a resume through like a proxy server? But I said, you know what? I got to be humble because I want the relationships, not the accolades. So humility is not natural. It's supernatural. Gentleness and patience is supernatural. So therefore... As God's chosen people and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with these supernatural things. Because we do not want to end up here. Uh We don't want to go there. We don't want to leave church and wear John 3.16 shirts all day going, Jesus loves you. That's that's, that's a little extreme. But at that time, we don't want to be extremely judgmental either. And these two approaches, they're designed to make a point. But Jesus called us to make a difference. Not a point. What a difference it would make if these guys put on follower clothes. What a difference it would make in their own communities. Because remember, followers of Jesus are to be recognizable by what they wear. Thank you for your time this morning.